Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Janae Franco Show, episode four. Today, I have my lovely sister-in-law, Erin Franco, on with me. Um, thanks to Hurricane Ida, I guess, which has... <laughs> It is. Please pray for the people of Louisiana. There are so many people that are struggling, that don't have power, that don't have water, that don't have homes, uh, that can't even get to their homes because of all the destruction. Uh, she lives a little bit closer to us here in central Louisiana. So they were able to get here a few days ago. They don't have power. So we have had the joy of having her and her husband and their five children here with us in our home that's currently still being renovated, which is why we delayed the show today because we had them, they like to come on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. to do really loud things, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, so we just push like it a back. Drill out there or something. Yeah, they were drilling into the bricks. So, like, we cannot start this show. So, Aaron, I want to share a little bit. Aaron and I have known each other, gosh, we met in 2006. Mm-hmm. So 15 years. A fateful summer. That fateful <laughs> summer at Camps Catalia and Chosatanga in Brevard, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We both met a pair of brothers and became their wives. We did. <laughs> Little did we know when we first met one another. I mean, that was the last thing that I thought. Definitely. The first time I met you, you know, when you meet anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have thought that either. Uh, yeah, that was actually the summer I finally went and decided I was not going to meet a man the previous two summers. I was dead set on finding a husband and then uh, <laughs> was not actually planning on going that summer, but God would not leave me alone about it. And so I finally relinquished. I was, I was telling somebody I was going to go to opera camp because at the time I was studying opera and really was enjoying it and had submitted my applications to opera camp and was ready to go. And God was like, nope, you need to go back to camp. I was like, fine. So anyway, but it was a fantastic summer where I met Aaron. And um, over the years, we have, we rarely actually have never lived in the same place. No, we never. No, we lived with y'all. No, not the same city, the same state. And we lived with y'all for a month. When Chris is in grad school. Yeah. A long time ago. (laughs) You were pregnant for 10 years ago. (laughs) I think. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring her on because she is actually a big inspiration to me. She has been in in ministry for years, uh, having a blog and a podcast and lots of different things. And I wanted her to talk a little bit about her story. And yeah, she's just been an inspiration to me. So Erin, tell me a little bit about, you know, where you started and where you are today. And sure. So, um, my goodness. So, uh, where I am today, um, I am actually, I was a stay at home homeschooling mom. We have five kids, 11 to three. Um, and I, I homeschooled for years and stayed home full time, but, um, with our own COVID roller coaster story, I actually started a company with my husband at the end of last year when his his job for our single income family uh, dissolved in the pandemic over the course of the year. So we started a company together. Um, my background um, in college and my professional background is in marketing and mass communications. Mm. And so I had really, if you're going to start a company and you have someone that just can do that, it is such a big help. So so that's what I'm doing now. I work um, I work with Michael from home. We have a home office and all of our equipment is from home. And we put our kids in school um, actually in the spring. And so it's been a really crazy past year and a half yeah. <laughs> for us, um, but very God-led because, you know, especially with the lifestyle that I think we had with 
single income family and the wife. So I stayed home and I was homeschooling. We had a bunch of kids. That's really like a lifestyle that you do have to feel like God wants you to do and, you know, be called to do that. But it's something you never really think that you're going to be called out of. And so it, I've, I'm so grateful, though, for this transition, these big changes, because it really has humbled me and showed me where God wanted me to not live in fear, even though I, w- I would have like sworn up and down um, <laughs> that I wasn't afraid, like if God would change, you know, the way we were doing things like put your kids in public school, they're in a charter school, actually, um, stop homeschooling, go back to work. Like I never, you just don't think God's ever going to call you out of that, but he did. Yeah. And so, you know, just when you think, you know, how your story's going to end, God throws in chapter 13 <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, okay, Lord. So, um, I really laid a lot down, um, I laid a lot down and like gathered up a lot of grace in the past year. But as far as the blog, um, so I started my blog, Humble Handmade, in 2009, right uh, right before. <laughs> you know, we got know, married. <laughs> I know, right before my oldest was born. And it was because we didn't have a lot of friends. We moved away from home. And I just wanted to. I just wanted to write and post pictures of the cutest baby in the world. So I started <laughs> She's now the blog. what twelve? I don't even know. Yeah. So, um, crazy. but yeah, over the years, you know, I, I haven't. I feel like I've I've had the blog all of that time. I've had a podcast briefly, and I've written and done done lots of different things. Um, but really, it's kind of been like this for me as far as ministry, and it hasn't been as much like a a career in ministry or, or something that really at all has supported my family. It's just been something in different seasons that, um, that I've, I've done different things and I love it. Yeah. I will say that that's one of the things um, that I have always admired about you was just how, and even just thanked God that he didn't call me to that (laughs) because of how you have just like with Mike having different careers and different Mm -hmm. situations where he worked with NASA and then he had a lawn care business and then you were moved back to Louisiana. Like there were so many things that God called you to this like trust in him Mm -hmm. and hearing, you know, how how many phone calls we had where you were just crying because you were like, Oh, you know, here we go. Here we go again. And um, just how much respect and honor I had for you in your yes to God throughout all of those things, throughout the trials, throughout um, just all the difficult times that you had, that y'all had as a couple, as a family, moving mm-hmm. back in with your parents for a couple of years, like a years, was it two yeah. years? We live, yeah, we lived with my parents for two years while with, you like with saved three up children house. under five. Yes, <laughs> just like all the things that God has called you to. It's just really, I can't wait for the book one day that you write because I know you said you're like, there's so much and you love to write, which is mm-hmm. not something I love to do. So it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um, so tell me a little bit more. The po- so the podcast that you started, how long did it run? Was it? You know, I, it only ran for about a year. It was back in 2014. It was called the Right Heart Podcast. But um, actually, I had this gal on there. Um, what were you? What were you? Episode? You were four. You were, we figured yeah. this out before this. Yeah. Is that? I had her on the fourth episode of my podcast, mm-hmm. and today is the fourth episode of. Janae's yes. podcast, which is like, yeah. gives me goosebumps. I know. <laughs> when I figured crazy. that out, yeah, it's nuts to just think of how far, that was seven years ago mm-hmm. or so that we did the interview. And that was my first taste of 
really like going through something really hard. We talked about my postpartum depression uh, and anxiety journey and how running and my health really helped me through a lot of that. I actually was telling her today as I was digging around on the website, preparing for the show. And I remember asking her for the podcast years ago and you couldn't find it. It was somewhere on a hard drive somewhere. And you were like, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. you were living with your parents at the time. Who knows? And you're like, I can't access that. I'm like, Okay. And then I forgot about it. So I have not even listened to it again, but I'm going to need to. I'm just so curious what Janae in 2014 sounds like. Because at the time I was still dealing with a lot of like self-reliance and, you know, I still had some anxiety, but running and my spiritual life, incorporating that together yeah. was really, really helpful for me in dealing with postpartum depression. And I'll link, I'll link the show in the show notes and obviously Erin's website, because you can check out all of her posts, her podcasts uh, with people that, you know, like Catherine Whitaker, you interviewed Catherine Whitaker. I did. And Sister I shared a hotel room with her at one point, which was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's so fun. <laughs> I went to a conference. <laughs> And then I think Sister Tracy Dubow is another one I saw. Yeah. We, I just saw her last weekend or a couple weekends ago in Lafayette at a Blessed Is She revival night. And what a beautiful soul mm-hmm. she is uh, working in social media. I think that's what the sisters do. She's sisters mm-hmm. of St. Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, it's just funny that all those years ago you did this podcast. And here we are, seven years later, <laughs> the tides have turned. So yes. tell me a little bit about, you had the podcast. And then at the time you had three children, I think mm-hmm. that were getting older for us. Like they were, mm-hmm. they were still little, but they were getting older. And what was it like for you? Cause I know that you kind of stopped the podcast, you stopped the blog and you just kind mm-hmm. of re-entered family life again. So what was that yeah. like for you after following these des- desires and dreams that you had in your heart and feeling like God had you here and then like putting the brakes on and yeah. him calling you somewhere else. Oh gosh, that was a tough time. So we were still living with my parents um, for two years while we got on our feet after an injury and a career change and all of that. And um, I was just like crumb, even though I had, it's funny, like how many people you never know from just hearing someone on the radio or, you know, someone giving a talk really what they go home to, you know, but I was I had a lot of just anxiety and depression. My marriage wasn't doing well, even though I had a, this beautiful podcast that that had some great episodes. Um, but we, I think we, oh, you know what had happened? So a, a close friend of mine, Stacy Galino, who's like my mom's age. Um, so she's a little bit older than me. She built a podcast studio in her backyard and she lived about five minutes from my mom and dad. And she's been in ministry and radio and for years and years. And she said, Aaron, you've got to start a podcast. Here's the keys to my studio. I'll train you on the equipment. I will help you. And that's why I started the podcast. I had a professional studio and program. And I like, I just did that thing up. I took out every, in post-production, I took out every, um, I, I was just, I really did it up to the nines and it was so much work. I probably spent maybe like 10 hours per episode between between contacting the guests and preparing myself, actually recording post-production and then all of, you know, the social media content. And Mm. there's so much that, that went into it. And um, I had, I had a lot of fun, but it ended up just draining me. And then I got pregnant again (laughs) for number four and I have um, really difficult pregnancies. Um, Well, the, the beginning, I'm just exhausted and sick and I couldn't keep up with it. Um, and so, and also at the same time, I had this, um, like a national Catholic uh, media company contacted me, like 
you know, I've, I got like scouted to do this national podcast for them and it was going to be a paid thing and everything. And, um, so I started, um, recording for them, uh, for a while and I was, so I was doing double and it just got to be where I realized is God asking me to do all of this. Mm. It wasn't fun anymore. It was a burden, um, and different ways, even on my marriage. And so, um, I quit, <laughs> I, I called him up and I said, I can't, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm sorry. And I just kind of let the podcast go. Um, and that was such a sigh of relief. Cause again, you don't, in my story, you never think like once you start something like that, or once you're doing something that's like so great and it's like a dream, right? That God's going to call you to something different or that you may have a change of discernment for a lot of reasons or circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard, but it has prepared me for lots of other changes, <laughs> like big changes <laughs> of circumstances in my life where I trust my gut that even if I'm like, I need to start doing this and this is crazy, but I think I'm supposed to, or I need to stop doing this. It sounds crazy, but I think I'm supposed to. It kind of built that muscle of trust mm-hmm. um, and helped me learn how to discern and and follow the peace and follow, you know, make sure that your priorities are in order. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and be able to put myself and what I need and like my sleep and my health at a priority above other things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sh- I think even at this time you were, I feel like in discernment, it's so important to stay connected with God. And you were working mm-hmm. on that personally in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You were really trying to to discern well. And I know Lisa Canning talks has been talking a lot about this, about discernment. And mm-hmm. it's so important to discern things like ask the right questions to be like, OK, this sounds like a great idea. What would this mm-hmm. look like for my family? What would it look like for me? Maybe it would energize me, but it's too much of a burden on my family yeah. or on my marriage or on our financial situation, whatever yeah. it might be. Or maybe it's just not right now. And and you just have to put it, you know, to the side and just wait, yeah. wait till another time. And maybe God will bring that out. And maybe he won't. Many and saints you, were. And you have to like get to the root too. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like ask the right questions, not like, you know, does this excite me? Like, do I feel excited about this? But like, that's kind of too general. You need to say like, does, does the actual, does the idea of this and like, you know, for example, I know now that I said yes originally to that national, that national guy who scouted me for this podcast and it was going to be all great out of pride. Like it would feel so great. It felt great that someone found me and that mm-hmm. I would have this platform and I would be more well-known, you know? So it wasn't, but the actual work part of it, I dreaded with into the pit of my stomach. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm tired right now. Mm. So I think asking like deeper questions and making sure that you're honest with mm. yourself is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it can be so easy to do things for the wrong reasons or yes, <laughs> I think, and, and maybe this is a great time to talk about just that, uh, that, Affirmation, we were talking a little bit beforehand as we waited for them to finish drilling the brick and Mm -hmm. about why we do things. And if we're looking for affirmation, if we're looking for um, just that affirmation that maybe what what our choice is, is the right choice. And we we maybe are trying to go out on a limb like you were saying, you had this pride about um, saying yes to this guy. And it was this affirmation for you saying, like, I'm worth something because they see something in me, whereas reality is God saw you as worth your worth is like completely complete mm-hmm. in God and his love for you and what he gave yeah. you. 
and what you could give at that time when he was calling you to do to pull back and give more to your family. But you're worth, you know, anyway, I don't know. Am I making sense? Like you're just. Yeah. Well, I, and I know like, I guess to like bring this in there, like we were talking before uh, a little while ago before the show about um, how social media can be really a quagmire a lot of times. Mm. And it has been for me as far as like, whatever, whatever you want to hear, you will hear on social media. And I'll just share with you guys. So I, I told you guys like in the last um, like year and a half, my husband and I have had a major discernment, a change of discernment about what we're doing with our family. Mm-hmm. And like I, I would go back to work, we'd put them in school, we wouldn't homeschool anymore. And I realized that even though I would have sworn up and down that I respected and, you know, all, all kinds of work, life balance and choices for Catholic families. Like they were all fine. I really was like, Oh good. I'm a stay at home mom. And I homeschool like deep down, there was a seed of that, that I'm like, Oh, like all this stuff I see mm-hmm. on my social media feed is very affirming to that. And so that was something that I'm so grateful that God brought out of me and made me kind of work through my fears of like not doing that anymore and going back and working in the secular world. Cause it's not, um, it's a secular business that we mm-hmm. started. It's a technology services company. Um, and so like, is it even like, you know, is this the best thing? Is this what my family needs from me? Or do they need me to stay home and not use my God given gifts and education to help provide for my family? You know? So again, goes going back to that question, what is God actually asking of me? And he wasn't asking me, to do everything I was doing, which was homeschooling and being a stay-at-home mom and the primary caretaker um, and start a company with my husband and do all this stuff for that. Like it was making me crumble. It was way too much. Um, So yeah, I would just, I always encourage anybody (laughs) now to say like, what is God actually asking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important to be able, you know, and that requires, I think, being able to focus on him Mm-hmm. and not looking around at everybody else. Like social mm-hmm. media can be a really difficult thing to be on if you're discerning something, because I think it can sort of stifle that creativity mm-hmm. where you might, sometimes it can help a little, but I find if I'm really in a creative mode, it's something I, I really have to just cut it out because I start seeing mm-hmm. these other ideas about things. and like, wait, I have this idea. Is it too similar to this idea or that idea? And then it just starts kind of overlapping too much. But I really wanted um, to talk a little bit about during this time, we may come back to the social media stuff. But I thought it was super interesting when you shared with me this book that you found. I think, is it called The Introverted Mom? Oh, yeah. I really want to talk about temperament because I think it's been fun. We've talked a lot about temperament because <laughs> we are, like, not similar <laughs> at all. No, we're <laughs> really complete opposites in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're married to people that are similar to us. So, like, Aaron's husband's a lot like my husband. No, no, he's like more like me. You, Aaron's husband's a lot like me, yes. and my husband's a lot like her. So yeah. it's it's kind of something we laugh. It about. can be helpful. <laughs> it it is helpful. helpful. It is helpful. Um, but I love watching you discover this about your. It was tell tell us a little bit about that that discovery that you were an introvert and what that meant for your motherhood and for your marriage. Oh gosh, I mean, I know I this love- is a big topic, but I just thought it was huge to watch you. Yeah come to terms with like how God created you and just be at peace with that. So I think that the tipping point came whenever at the end of a normal day with my kids, um, homeschooling and just a normal day, 
I found myself for like the third time that week, exhausted, like handing them off to Michael and just being like, it's, it's not you. And then running <laughs> off to my room because I just was overwhelmed with everything. Um, and part of that is I, I have struggled with anxiety, with anxiety and just all the things. I mean, I know that's a big talking point too, but part of it is that I had spent 33 years at the time of my life hating that I was an introvert, suspecting it, but hating that I was an introvert, feeling like I got the short end of the stick temperament wise and feeling like it was a fault, like a weakness or a fault that I had to overcome and push myself out of feeling like I wasn't fun or a fun mom, like even feeling like my, my husband's super extroverted, More very, so chari- very yeah. charismatic <laughs> and wonderful. But even just for years, I, I, I just couldn't believe like he would even look at me because I felt so like quiet and boring, I you know. But anyway, um, at the end of, of this tipping point day, I went in my room and I laid face down and then I rolled over and started to mind mush on my phone and I was scrolling on my phone and I came, I was on Amazon and all of a sudden this ad came across my phone for introverted mom. I forget, bless her heart. I forget her name. Uh, the author right now, Kate something. Um, and it, it's not a Catholic book. It's a, she's a Christian writer, but it, it was about to come out the next day and it was like a pre-order ad and it was like flashing. The Lord has done this like a few times in my life, flashing red lights <laughs> by this book. And like we were on a budget at the time. I didn't just like buy books, but I bought it and I started reading it a couple days later. And I realized from reading that book, because she writes about this, how introverts did not get the short end of the stick. Mm. We have such gifts that we don't even know. And it really, it dis, it dishonors or takes honor and trust away from God to second guess mm. how we're made. So it helps yeah. me really um, not fight myself so much and not beat myself up that family vacations, traveling with my kids was so stressful for me, for example. And it helped me um, be able to talk to Michael with more I guess more confidence in asking for what I needed. I think that was mm-hmm. huge for our marriage. Um, instead of just trying to take it, take it, take it, and then I crumbled or I blew up. Right. Um, so I would. I think temperament and personality are just such helpful things to dive into in learning about yourself. And I think at first he was a little resistant, right? And he was like, "Why did you read that book?" <laughs> not that I'm not in a in a bad way. I think just because he- I talked his ear off about it. Um, but it seems to me now that it like hearing you talk about it, it's really given him this extra love and affection for you and like just respect for who God created you to be. So it's almost like you're not disrespecting me by not being an extrovert like me. Like you're just, that's just how God made you. And like, how many times in our marriages do we need Mm -hmm. to just understand how our spouse is created and made. So we're not thinking like the worst. We just assume like, okay, she literally just physically and mentally needs that break because she's an introvert. That's, I became more of an inch, like closer to introvert or less percentage of extrovert (laughs) with motherhood. Uh, But I'm definitely naturally an extrovert. uh, And I love to be around people. It's very energizing for me. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was a really cool. Mm -hmm. I remember getting that book actually, because I wanted to read it in solidarity with you, but I never read it yet. Because I wanted to understand well, extroverts because it just didn't, it does not register. It does not compute. Well, another book that I would recommend that I, I also 
randomly, this is how God works. He brings stuff to that you got to work on or he wants you to learn all at the same time. But um, a, a guy friend of mine, Luke Zumo, actually, mm-hmm. Janae knows, he said, hey, Aaron, I just finished this book and I thought of you. He has never, it was very surprising that he would think of me to give me a book at all, but then give me this book. But it's called Quiet. And it's it's a um, a secular book on how American culture it's on in, it's on introverts and their gifts and how our American culture is actually very geared toward intro, toward being toward extroverts like group hmm. projects um, how we praise people you know um, like one of the highest praises we can give people in the 21st century is she's so outgoing and friendly. But it used to be like in the 1800s, 1700s, she is such a, you know, a hard worker and has so much integrity. Hmm. Like it's it's changed very much in there. The information in there gave me a lot of um, it just really helped me understand, like, why certain things were hard for me, what my gifts were, and also how to ask her what I needed guilt-free. And I think that was what was hard for Michael as I started asking for all these things and making new rules of life. Like, for example, I said, we can no longer go out of town or have company over two weekends in a row. We don't, we are not going to give people any like reasons why just say we're not available. Like in that in-between weekend, because it was so hard to like, Mm pack up with all these kids and come home and do the laundry and still homeschool. And like the social part of it, like drained me also and, and still have a full week of work ahead. And so that was, I think that was more (laughs) what he was, you know, whatever now, but after seeing how much it did for me Mm -hmm. and I think it, it was like a reeducation of him too, Mm -hmm. because in, in the American culture to call someone an introvert, it's more like, yeah, I think he's an introvert, like your coworkers. <laughs> like it's not something that's if you're called that, then it's not a compliment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's a really good point. I had mm-hmm. never I haven't heard of that book. It's and I have never heard of that, that process before. Um, yeah. So just to clarify, I love your husband. He's amazing. <laughs> so I didn't mean to throw him under the bus. Not uh, as much as I do. <laughs> no, of course, that would be weird. So uh, but I think in marriage, it's, it's just good to talk about that. Because we have to have those hard conversations and sometimes our husbands don't want to hear what we have to say or it's like, whoa, that's a lot. Um, Asking for what you need. There is so much that goes into that in your growth as a woman, mm. like asking for what you need or what what you enjoy or what you don't need. Like in in a marriage, there's so much growth and understanding and um, trust that has to go on in like that. Yeah, you know, it's really good practice to just mm-hmm. keep having those conversations. I wanted to hop to kind of our, well, it's kind of unrelated now because we're talking about marriage, but um, to this very providential visit that we had last summer yes. in July. Yes. So as, uh, as I've talked about before, I went through some pretty intense counseling and therapy and was just really processing a lot of things and what God was asking me to do during COVID with my kids around like everybody else. And I kind of got to this point where I was uh, very accepting of where I was. Uh, I actually was enjoying motherhood. I was enjoying family life for the first time that I really remember. I wasn't as resisting the ongoingness of it. I think there, that was something that came up in counseling for me was just how I, you know, maybe hated loading the dishwasher because I knew it was going to have to get unloaded again. And like just mm-hmm. these ongoing exactly. things were really triggers for me. And so I brought a lot of that to counseling and, um, 
dealt with a lot of those things. And so I found this journal entry in May and I wrote something to the effect of, you know, if God doesn't call me to anything else except for family life, I'm okay with that. And I kind of hadn't remembered because it just, I just hadn't remembered writing it, but that's where I was. Um, But slowly that was in May, I think. And so in June and July, I started having this kind of burning in my heart and my prayer time. Like I just felt this, this desire, this like almost apostolic, like this, I wanted to do something to like bring the light of Christ to the world and announce with like joy what he had done for me. And it just so happened that Aaron and Michael had come to visit. It was like late July. Um, We live about two hours apart. So they had come up, bring the kids. We have a pool. We were swimming, having a great time, spending a lot of time. It was the first time I think we'd had a visit without a baby. Yeah. Like a nursing baby. And I don't know how long. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just had a lot of time to chat. And it was that weekend that Aaron and I both had this kind of conversation where I think you had put almost everything you were doing on hold. Mm -hmm. And then I had also been feeling this stirring to like start something like a brand. I I didn't know what to call it, like some kind of presence online, even though I was had almost all but gotten off of Facebook at this point. Like I was just very disconnected Mm -hmm. from social media. And it was really a weekend where we encourage one another you know, as sisters. And we're just like, I was telling Aaron, like, get, get, go, like share with the world, you know, like it felt like a good time. It seemed like a good time. They hadn't had this idea to start their business yet. And she had all these dreams for ministry. And I'm like, Aaron, like you had a gift, you know, you had worked it for a long time. I'd read your blog posts. I'd listened to your podcast. I've been on your podcast and I was encouraging you to share your gift. And you were encouraging me back to say, you know, just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you can't do it. Cause that's kind of where I was, was like, okay, I'm a stay at home mom. I've volunteered at my kid's school and, you know, I've always kind of had a baby at home and done that whole thing. And I just didn't know where my place was to like become something, to to add something else in. Kind of like you were Mm -hmm. saying, putting your kids in public school and starting to work. For me, I just had always thought I'll just be a stay at home mom because I'm, I'm able to, my husband has a job where I'm able to be home. And I was like, I should just be grateful for that. I shouldn't want to leave the house. You know, I, I just shouldn't all over myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't all over myself. How many like women need to hear that every day? Mm-hmm. I need to put that on my mirror with all the other things that I read every day. But if I looked at my prayer time, if I looked at my scriptures that God had been speaking to me, I mean, the scripture is a living, the word of God, living and effective, right? Two edged mm-hmm. sword. It pierces the heart. It is there. It is living. And I could look at that and be like, this is, he is telling me to get out. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so visiting with her that weekend was a huge leap of faith for both of us. Like we started kind of on these journeys and we were like, let's talk, you know, once, once every couple of weeks. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start brainstorming. So, um, and this was right around when I started doing Lisa Canning's, the woman's school masterclass. I started that in August and I just knew that there was something more that God was asking of me. And I knew I needed a coach or a mentor, somebody that was doing it that I wanted to look up to that was a little bit farther ahead of me on the journey. And I really felt like Lisa was that person. And so for me, I started, you know, really mentoring with her because I, I didn't know what to do. And I know Aaron started kind of calling a couple of your mentors in Baton Rouge and, mm-hmm. and really brainstorming what God was asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And there were kind of different things and we're kind of having these conversations back and forth. And then Erin approaches me about helping her with this workshop that she was going to put together. She put together for November and we have this conversation and I remember thinking we're going to do it together. And then 
we talked maybe a week later and you, I'm talking and I'm like, Aaron, I just need to be clear. Like, am I actually helping you do this or are you doing this on your own? And you're like, I think I'm doing it on my own. And I'll admit like one, I was excited for her, but two, there was a piece of me that was jealous. And thankfully at this point I had a mentor. I had somebody to talk to about it. And I'm like, look, Mm -hmm. okay, I have this feeling. And I was like, so down on myself about just having the feeling of jealousy because honestly there was another friendship I had like way back in college. And it was like a, it was the compass that led me to counseling because of that envy and that jealousy that I dealt with saying like, if God only gave me what he gave her, then I could be holy. Mm -hmm. Then I could follow his will. Then I could serve the world. And God just kept trying to be like, Shanae, but that's just not how I'm calling you. But I would not hear it because I just had all these old wounds that I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting because had it been a year prior, I think it would have ripped me apart really internally. I mean, obviously not just like it would have probably brought me to counseling in a sense of like, I need to deal with this, but I had dealt with some things, some anxiety, some comparison. And I felt like I was at this point where, you know, and Erin, we talked about this a little bit earlier today. And I told her, I'm like, I have no unforgiveness. Like there is nothing remaining. It's, it's not at all. Uh, but the point was, so she started doing the mom and peace workshop and I did actually speak on it because she had wanted to talk about some of the things, like we wanted to have some conversations. It was very much like this, mm-hmm. except for we were in different cities. So we were on zoom together and I had this feeling of jealousy. So I brought it to my mentor and I was like, the thing is that I don't really know what to do with it. And she's like, okay, just bring it to God. And so I kept bringing it to prayer. And what he told me in it was this very clear distinction of like, even if you look at the apostles, or the saints, like how many different types of apostles were there? You know, even in the chosen, right? I don't, I don't know how many chosen fans there are. I'm a huge chosen fan watching Jesus and his relationships. Like Peter was Peter, you know, Andrew was Andrew and they all had their own gifts. And so what was interesting is in this wrestling of the feelings that I had was such a gift of being able to acknowledge. It was kind of the first peak I got to see is like, there's so many different stories and so many unique calls to how Mm -hmm. to serve the Lord. And I didn't need to be afraid of that feeling, but I did need to process it. Um, And I think that's really important as women that we're not afraid of having Mm -hmm. that jealousy or envy. But if I look at kind of that trail of who I was jealous of, it was people that had this platform that maybe had a place to to talk. But if it had been a year or two, three years ago, I wouldn't have had the right intentions. Mm-hmm. Because I was still looking for affirmation in all the wrong place. Of course, I still struggle with that. I'm not saying that I'm done with it. But God had to bring me to a particular place uh, with that. And so I'm not really sure, you know, I, t- I told Erin a little bit after this. I'm like, I just, I'm really excited for you. But it was funny because she was going to do this workshop. And then soon after is when I launched my business. There was no way I would have had time to help her. You did. It was like that the first weekend. Yeah. I did mine at the launched. end of October when I did my first yep. five day challenge mm-hmm. and your workshop started November 1st. Yep. I think it was, there's no way I would have had time. So God knew. And he's like, Oh, these, you know, women are just, it's just yeah. my little people there. Do you remember the video? Did I send you the video from that? There was, there's this woman in Australia that has like the yes. charisma prophecy. Yep. And um, I remember um, a, one of the ladies in my workshop sent me this like the first week of the workshop and it was this a video of this lady like giving this I guess it's like a prophetic word charism anyway but she was talking about how the Lord is raising up around the world just this huge army of women and that she saw all the women had a net but some of them had large nets some of them had medium nets some of them had a small net 
and that there were a specific group of people that God made them to net for him, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember, I remember hearing that and just, it just struck such a chord as truth for me. Um, Cause I was even thinking, you know, doing this little, it was a four week online workshop and I just came up with the idea and Janae helped me just do it and just stop talking about it and just do it. (laughs) So I just put it together and did a lot of things the long, hard way, but learned a lot. And it was so beautiful. It was great. But, um, but I remember just even starting it, just thinking, man, like this is, you know, so many people are doing so much more and they have all this stuff figured out. And like, who am I, you know, I don't have it all figured out. I was, it was so stressful, just and anxious trying to just pull all this stuff together to give a workshop on peace and, (laughs) you know, the tools that I've learned to combat anxiety. Um, But it just gave me such that idea, that image of the nets, just thinking like, Lord, I'm saying yes to my net. Like these, however many people were in the workshop, like I will do my very best for them. And I will, I would say yes all over again Mm -hmm. if it were three people, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I think it was interesting because as I processed it out loud with my coach over the following weeks, I was like, I was trying to figure out who I was as a brand or like what I wanted my brand to look like, what I wanted my whatever, what what I wanted any of it to look like. Like, who am I as as Mm -hmm. Janae Franco? You know, what's my niche? What's my people that I serve? Because she talks a lot about like zeroing in on that. And I just came more and more to realize, like, I'm not Erin. And like, that's okay because I had looked up to her and I had... um, in some ways, like wanted to be like her, but I'm just not. <laughs> like I'm just not Erin. Like it's just I'm not as good with words. Like she could. Well, I don't want to be like you could make a, a messy diaper. Like feel like somebody's giving you gold. Like that's how, you're, how your words are. It's like what is it like if I ever get cancer? I want Erin to be the one to tell me because she it's can, my public relations training. <laughs> she can make you feel like you're winning the lottery. Like there's just anyway. So I started to realize like the ways that God had called me with my net. And so if I, if I had been afraid of that feeling and I had not wanted to, to look at it or process it and felt ashamed of it, mm-hmm. then I would not have gotten to this place where I could say, this is how God created me. I'm bold. Um, you know, some people might not like me because I'm not gentle and loving and sweet <laughs> like Aaron is. You know? If I had a dollar for how many people have said, I bet you never yell at your kids. You're so sweet. And I'm like, You'd never have to work again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would never. Yeah. Um, I'd go take a vacation alone to Tahiti. That's what I would do. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, I think the the point of sharing it, you know, is just to really encourage you to don't be afraid of those emotions. Mm-hmm. We are called to process those things. Thankfully, I had somebody that was a little farther along than me that was able to kind of mentor me through that. I don't know that it would have been easy for me to do on my own because it was all very new territory. And the Metanoia Catholic that I've talked about a lot before, their academy, their podcast, they have quite a few podcasts on emotions and how to process those emotions mm-hmm. as a Catholic uh, mm-hmm. in the light of the Catholic Church, which I just think is super, super important. I mean, you almost can't like disconnect those things because who we are is so sacramental and who we are is just God's creation. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to process those emotions, like the emotions themselves are not bad, but if we don't, if we stuff them down and we don't deal with them, then it's Mm -hmm. just going to wreak havoc on our physical health, our mental health. Um, Yeah. My spiritual director told me one time when you don't deal with your emotions, they come out sideways. 
Yeah. And, um, but actually yeah. Janae told me about the Metanoia Catholic podcast in the journal and I got it for Mother's Day, the mm-hmm. journal. It is such a huge help. Like I can't even tell you go spend 20 bucks yeah. and get that thing sent to you. And it, it's, it helps you coach yourself through your emotions and find out where the truth is and where the toxic is. It's, it, it's been awesome for me. I just can't even tell you enough. Having Janae up my sleeve has been, <laughs> she's been a huge help to me, which was one reason why it was so, it was so fun. I'm, that last summer, like our magic trip when we visited and we had all this time to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Janae, I've just seen the, the change in her over the last couple of years, especially. And she's been a help to me with a lot of, you know, stuff that I've been going through. So I'm just so excited for you. Well, <laughs> doing I, this. You're, <laughs> you're doing wonderful and the world, your net needs you. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank I'm you. not doing much with my net right now, but hey, your, <laughs> but net, I will. your net is kind of in the home and you're waiting for the next, the next well, call. I mean, it's, I guess so. And, I just need school to start. It keeps getting postponed. And then we had a hurricane. <laughs> so going back to pray I'm for the like, people of Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. It's that news is pretty chaotic now, right yeah. now. Yeah. So definitely pray. I'll probably try to put some links up as far as if you wanted to help with any of the relief efforts. I haven't seen any links myself just because I have, we, they've yeah. been here. So I haven't been just perusing social media for people links, just so. need gas right now. Like, yeah. So yeah, pray for them, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, all of the surrounding those tiny parishes, all the way mm-hmm. down to Grand Isle, Lafourche, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, Louisiana is not just New Orleans, despite what you may think, uh, or what the what the media might make you think. There's a lot of really small towns that are really struggling right now, people that don't mm-hmm. have homes. So definitely pray for them. Thank you for coming on the show with me today, Erin. It was just such a pleasure. And um to look forward to continuing our conversation and our working ministry. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the women around you, your sisters. You can still support them and collaborate with them, even if you're having feelings to the contrary. Uh, but definitely bring those feelings to God because he wants to heal you. And he wants He wants you to use your own net. He wants you in whatever way that is, whether that's a platform on social media or whether that's just with your neighbors going to the gym or wherever else or with your mm-hmm. kids, especially with your kids. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so important that we form our kids. So. Uh, I will put the link in the show notes to her website, my website, go ahead and sign up for my email list. You can sign up for her email list so you can follow us for whenever things are going, uh, what we're going, what we're doing. So thank you for coming today and we will see you next week. Bye.